Welcome to the A Nourishing Place podcast. My name is Kelly Newton. I'm a self-love mindset and manifestation coach here to empower, motivate, create community, and remind you of how powerful you are. I will be bringing you interviews, tools, and resources all revolved around mindset, self-love, money, spirituality, manifestation, and so much more. I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's get started. In this episode, I have Rosie with me, and we discuss diet culture, raising kids to be body neutral, beauty standards, food and body freedom, and so much more. Rosie is a mother and a self-proclaimed diet culture dropout. She is raising body neutral kids and has created a free parenting without diet culture guide, as well as a diet culture dropout journal that was released shortly after this episode was recorded. I am so excited for mine to arrive, and I will link everything in the show notes. It was an honor to be able to chat with Rosie because she has been an integral part of my healing journey with body image. Simply by following her on Instagram and being inspired by her jump out of diet culture and all she posts about normalizing bodies. I want to say that this is a sensitive topic and I want to make a general trigger warning announcement here. We will be talking about a variety of topics under this umbrella. So pause if you need to, come back to what feels right. You know what's best for you. This episode has so many amazing nuggets of information and truth and guidance and ideas. Huge thank you to Rosie. Let's dive in. Welcome, Rosie. I'm so, so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I I, um, am so excited for our conversation today, and I I really have been looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. Well, I would love to just start off by you just letting us know, like, about you and what made you made this transition. Um, into diet culture dropout, self-proclaimed. Um, <laughs> and uh, like what brought you here? Because I just love everything that you post, everything you're doing. Your parenting guide was beautiful. I saw the journal, not in person yet. So. Yeah. So, well, it really was like, just I'm fed up <laughs> to put it simply. Um, like many of us, I was on a diet all my life and all my life worrying about, you know, gaining weight or having to look a certain way, being told by society, by my parents, by my teachers, by my doctor, by everyone that I was too big. That, And I just, it got to a point where I was just fed up. And at the same time, I was starting to see other people who um, were, were fed up and were quitting diet culture themselves because it's something that I never even thought of doing I thought I was going to be on a diet for the rest of my life or I thought I was going to hate my body for the rest of my life but I thought that was normal I thought that this is just life we don't like ourselves we just got to live with it certainly not the way it has to be (laughs) but when when you've you know grown up so many years just thinking that and everyone else is deep in diet culture with you um you kind of just think like well this is life so it was nice to see other people like, on social media dropping out of diet culture. And I was watching them and thinking, oh, wow, like they're doing it. And slowly right. I'd started following more people. And yes, slowly I just started veering that direction. But it took it still took a while because I would look at them and admire them, but think, but I can't do that. You know, I don't <laughs> have the confidence to do that or I don't have, you know, the whatever it is to do that. Um, right. Yeah. And so really what pushed me to the other side was I, I started like the most restrictive diet I've ever been on in my life. 
Um, and I did it for like four months postpartum after I had my second baby. And the day that like I ended the, the program, I was so fed up that I said that day, I am never doing this again. And it was and like, you committed. yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. Cause it was actually from, it wasn't from one day to another, but it was in a way because this, this, right. this pushed, that pushed me over the edge. It was like, it, it, it was just something clicked in my brain and I said, enough is enough. I had been thinking I wanted to, you know, live life freely, but I just thought it wasn't possible. I just thought like, there's no way I don't have it in me to, to stop dieting or to, or to not worry about what my body looks like. I don't have that in me. I'm always going to be worrying right. and trying to change it. We see it so much. It's like, I didn't even think about like dropping out of diet culture. Like that was a thing even though obviously it is once you're like having a different view of it. Yeah. We're always told that, that dieting is a healthy act. Right. Right. And so um, that's also stuck in our heads. And so it's almost like, well, how can I not diet? Because that's the way to live a healthy life. Must diet for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yes. Um, And like, I I was doing it under the ruse of, um, I wasn't dieting. I never dieted. Okay. But I became orthorexic because I was trying to be so clean and healthy and like I was eating hardly anything, but not on purpose, but I would like walk in the kitchen and be like, everything's going to kill me and walk out. So it was like, I was so restricted and it's kind of like, I was so restricted. And then all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing? It was really like one day to the next, like you said, like, I was like, this isn't working. And I realized I wasn't eating enough. And then I was like, boom, I'm eating enough now. Like It was yeah it's like a switch a little yeah flicks and you're like wow you know everything that I thought was the correct way of living the last you know 30 odd years suddenly yeah and it is it is difficult then because when the the switch you know flicks but at the same time you have to then actively unlearn everything that you've been taught up to now um like and it's a lot of things you know and so that's that's why I always feel as well like even though it was a switch it doesn't mean that from one day to the next I suddenly started loving my body or I suddenly didn't want to diet anymore I like I promised myself I wouldn't but I still even to this day I still have my off days you know where I think like if if especially like before my period is gonna come and I get you know I start to feel like emotional and um start to doubt what I'm doing and I yep. think maybe maybe I should just close my Instagram and go on a diet. <laughs> and, then, and, and then I stop myself and I'm like, no, what, really. what am I doing? What am I saying? <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, I'm just in my little phase. Everything's going to be fine on the other side of this. Yeah. And then my period comes the next day and like my senses go back to normal. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's because my period was coming. Yeah, I was thinking right? crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I love knowing about my cycle and being like, oh, okay. I still love and accept myself just right now with these two days before. It's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. So it's not, it's not like it's literally something you can just drop out. Like I'll drop out today, exactly. like you drop out of school, then you never go to school again. Like it's just, it's such a work in progress. And I'm sure we're going to have to work on this for the rest of our lives. There's, yeah. there's never going to be an end point because society right. is not working with you. They're working against you that culture is working against you and that culture works hard <laughs> and yes, so it does. Oh you're just <laughs> you're always going to be running into you know 
these messages and these practices that you're trying to unlearn and everyone around you is still on a diet and everyone around you is still commenting on their bodies and on your body and on other people's bodies. Yep. Um, yep. And so it's something that, you know, you can commit yourself. You can't expect the rest of the world to follow through. I wish everyone <laughs> would kind of follow through because everyone would be so much happier and accepting okay. of themselves and others. But so it is just, it's going to be a work in progress and I'm, I'm prepared for that. I know that it's and, a long-term commitment. Well, you're definitely <laughs> affecting it. I mean, just, I know, I mean, you've definitely impacted my life. Just seeing what you post, I've, I've loved it. And like normalizing bodies, you know, and uh, the side profile view. I love that because <laughs> we don't see that view, but it's like, we all have that, you yeah. know? And uh, I was like, oh, I like this. And so, I mean, the impact you've had on me, I can only imagine the impact you've had on me several thousand other people so you are influencing the diet culture (laughs) thank you well that I mean and that this is how I that this is what happened to me I it was other people who were showing their bodies and their raw forms if I hadn't seen that I don't know if I could have started to accept myself again it's all about like people being represented I could never do that before because before like the whole body positivity movement started no one showed their bodies online unless they were you know fitting like society's like unrealistic beauty standards no one just showed there were no fat bodies represented online whether it is in magazines or just social media and seeing someone else's body that looks like yours just helps you so much to to normalize it and to feel like what it's it's okay like my body is fine my body is normal their body's normal right. and there are different types of bodies because when you're just being bombarded with the same body type all the time you think that's the, the normality so you must you know must be something wrong with you because yep. you don't fit that yep because um, everyone has that <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. it's such a small amount of people that have that yeah that, that body that society has said is the the perfect one and yet it's the only one we see even though like a very small amount of people have that. So for example, I'm a size 16 UK, which apparently is the average UK size. Yet I still can't shop in most stores. I have to shop online because, yeah. So it's like, they don't even stock for like, you know, even the, even the, the most, uh, the most common body type, most common body size. (laughs) Even that one is not like, stocked in stores you know like that's right. it's so important to like have your body represented yeah so that was a huge helping I would say in dropping out of diet culture and so that I do hope that by putting my body out there I'm also right. helping others yeah in your and your words also- and yeah it does help I think the seeing of different bodies you know the exposure to it yeah for sure and it's nice that like brands are getting on board with it now and like there is a shift sometimes I think is there an actual shift or am I just so deep in the um in the bubble of this that you know because the only people I follow are people like that and yeah so is there actually a shift happening or have I just joined this community it's all I'm seeing but I do think not not fast enough but there is a shift right I think both yeah I mean because our brains will pick up what we're focusing on more and more particular yeah. activating system a little sciencey there so but at the same time like I think it is expanding and I'm seeing it more in media you know and just different movies and shows and different th- people being represented not like you're saying not enough <laughs> yeah but well, it's, a, it's interesting you say that about the brain because 
ever since I dropped out of diet culture, I can spot diet culture in everything. Whereas before I didn't pick up on these things and now I can pick it up on things people are saying, on like adverts I'm seeing it, on things yep. that I would have never picked up before. I'm like, my beady eyes see it all now. And, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you're like, can I see But like, you just can't anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I know you talk about like food and body freedom. And so I kind of wanted to find that for listeners because I like, I don't think it's like knowing what that even is or means. You okay. know, so what does that mean to you? So the way I would describe it is like when you're on a diet, you're you're living these like rigid rules around food and you're constantly using the food to then try and shape your body into whatever type of body you think is acceptable. And so you're kind of like in a jail, right? You have to follow these rules. If you don't follow them, you don't get in trouble by someone else, but you give yourself trouble. You give yourself the guilt. You talk to yourself you tell you tell yourself you failed you all this negative self-talk over something that has like a 95 percent fail rate right yeah <laughs> diets have such a high fail rate and then when we fail to follow the diet we then think that we're the problem um and so it's like it's literally like living in a prison because you're right. just always trying to follow these rules and your body's never good enough and you're always talking to yourself negatively and you're always nitpicking everything that you see when you look in the mirror and just when you come out the other side and you can walk into your kitchen and just grab what you feel like eating and walk out without having the guilt without having the rules without having to take scales out and measure your food like that freedom is is amazing it just it just gives you a whole new like um, for life like, ah! you know? yeah, yeah yeah and similarly with your body when you're you can't walk past the mirror without you know berating a part of your body when you're no longer doing that and you can just live freely and wear whatever you want and not care what other people think like it gives you again the sense of freedom that I've never experienced right. before I've literally ah. never experienced it before because there's never been a time in my life where I've liked my body, whether it was a bigger right. body or a smaller body, even at my smallest. I probably hated it the most at my smallest. And it's just liberating. It's the yep. most liberating feeling in the world because suddenly it's like an elephant's jumped off your back. You've lived this whole life with the weight on you that the weight of the weight of diet culture. Literally. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, you know that doesn't exist anymore and you're open to you know go to your friend's house for drinks and dinner without thinking about you know having to go to the gym to burn it off the next day and you can just enjoy being in the moment I used to eat when my daughter was born I was still deep in diet culture and like I used to sit with her to have dinner or to have a meal and I'd eat my like you know restrictive diet and I used to think like I can do this now, but once I'm a little bit, she's a bit older, she's going to see, you know, that we're, yeah. And just like having the freedom to sit with your children and just eat together and not have to, you know, because again, it's important for them not to be dieting, but yeah, the freedom is amazing. And I think you don't realize how, how, 
imprisoned you are until you come out of it right. because so exactly because you, yeah you think it's normal life everyone's living like the, the by these rules right. <laughs> and so well, like you said the health like covering it up with health I thought like oh I'm being health I'm eating my healthy diet like this is healthy like I did not think I was dieting really like I didn't like yeah. I just that was my lifestyle and I I would I'd eat with my kids and I wouldn't I wouldn't eat the cinnamon roll not because it was cinnamon roll because I didn't eat gluten back then so like but I, I could have physically right but I didn't eat gluten because wheat's bad everything was bad everything was going to kill me right <laughs> so I'm, I do I remember sitting with them and they'd all be eating cinnamon rolls but I wouldn't be and yeah I love eating cinnamon rolls like yeah. sit down eat the cinnamon roll with them and I'm like man I think sometimes wow this is nice like that I can just eat the cinnamon yeah or go out for ice cream and you'll have an ice cream exactly no? yeah, yeah exactly 100 percent. and um because yeah otherwise sugar was gonna kill you back yeah. you know I just so it's like it came through totally differently and I didn't realize which is interesting but even like you're saying even like at my thinnest body because I was always pretty small and I um I gained about 20 pounds as I transitioned out of diet culture and um at that time, I was like, I just wanted to keep giving, loving myself. I didn't want to, didn't want to not like my body. And I love my body more now than I ever have before. So it doesn't like, it doesn't matter the size. I think, I think it was you that said it. It's your body image has more to do with your brain yeah, than your body. <laughs> definitely. it's all, And it just proves because most people say the same thing. At my thinnest, I was probably the most insecure and most unhappy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And but that thinness is what we are taught to believe equals happiness and equals the right. confidence. And then you get right. there and you're like, wait, where's my confidence and where's my happiness? Because it's not here. Right. So then what do you do? Instead of realizing that you should drop out of diet culture, you think right. I need to be even thinner and you, yeah. and you go through more extremes, you know. I need to eat healthier. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not good enough. Exactly. Nothing's <laughs> ever good enough. Nothing's ever yeah. good enough. Yeah. So That's... much perfectionism. And yeah, it's just. Uh, yeah. And I know I'm the... still kind of piecing yeah. it out. Yeah. And it's all the messaging we're getting. It all yeah. comes from, you know, the messages that we get from society. Diet culture yeah. is just, it's, it's. I mean, it's a 70 or $90 billion industry for a reason, right? Oh my God. That's... The money-making machine. I can't even like fathom that. It's a big number, you know? Yeah. Um, and anything only... above a billion, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, and they're not going to make money if we're happy. We're happy with right. ourselves. That's so They got to keep us unhappy. Right. Well, I definitely, we kind of touched on it a tiny bit talking about like, you don't want your kids to see you dieting. So I'd love to tie, like jump into that too, like parenting without diet culture. Cause I know yeah, that that's sure. what you're doing. And I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, when, when I had both my kids, I had them very close together. I got pregnant again when my daughter was eight months old, the whole, like the whole pregnancies, all I could think about was like, once I'm not pregnant, I need to like lose this weight. But because I had oh, never wow. experienced motherhood yet, I didn't realize the shift my mind would take once I was a mother. And that shift immediately, it w I don't know if you got this when you had kids, but um, suddenly like all this trauma from your past like reveals itself and you're suddenly having to heal. You have, you're having to parent and heal from things at the same time, from things that have been suppressed and only motherhood has brought those things up. And for right. me... I mean, I had a relatively happy childhood, but for me, I was put on a diet at eight years old. 
I was told, my mom was telling me the other day that when I was nine months old, the doctor was telling her, keep in mind, like, I know this is like the 80s and things have changed, but still, a doctor was telling her that I was too fat and that if I didn't lose a bit of weight now, the the fatness that, that I was as a baby would then kind of mean that I was going to be obese as an adult or something. I don't know, something ridiculous, like something that makes like no sense. And so my mother immediately had it in her head that she had to change me for my help. From nine months old. From nine months old. You know, so- I actually, I nannied for years. So by the way, I raised my nephews. So I okay. didn't birth them, but at the same point, <laughs> yeah, that is really when my, I thought I was healing before. Oh no, that was uh, really when I was healing. Cause trigger after trigger after trigger and they were teenagers, but yeah, yeah. for sure experienced that even though it was a different avenue into motherhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, still- but- yeah, it's still the same. I nannied and they still, the doctors are still focused on like they're underweight, they're overweight, they're in this percentile, they're in that percentile. And it's so shocking to me. And yeah. like, even the underweight babies, I'm like, in quotes, like they're not underweight, like they're still eating, they're still getting things, they're just different bodies. Like, because exactly. there are some babies who are underweight, but like the specific one I was working with, I was like, what? Like, I don't think so. Like, why? Why are we focused on this so much? He's healthy. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, interestingly enough, my brother and my sister-in-law are upstairs. They're staying with me now. My niece is nine or 10 months old. And my sister-in-law uh, today was saying to me that she's um, worried that her baby is not gaining enough weight. And the reason she's worried is because people keep telling her that she has a small baby. So I told her the solution to this is you need to tell people to stop commenting on the size of your baby. Because that is, this is how it starts. This is the exact same thing that happened to me. Everyone commented on my size and my brother was thinner than me. And we were labeled, like actually labeled by these words, the thin one and the fat one or the chubby one. This was in Portuguese. So it's different, different. But in translation. Are you you Portuguese? um, I'm Spanish, but we lived in Brazil when I was. Okay. 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 Yeah. So the thin one and the chubby one. And so these labels carried on through the rest of our lives they were given to us and everyone who saw us had to point it out and because we didn't live in Spain we used to go back like once a year of course our bodies are going to change every year year, and it's the first thing people comment on oh wow you got so big oh wow you look chubbier this year you know it's the it's the main the main thing people comment on when they haven't seen you in a year and again this is something that is so normalized and it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be commenting on people's bodies, particularly children's bodies, because it's yep. so damaging. If if I hadn't had the stigma my whole childhood, my life could have veered in a different direction. But instead, I spent my teens and my 20s like abusing everything in sight to get thinner because all my life as a child, I was told that I was fat. But not only was I told that I was fat, fat meant bad exactly that's what I'm gonna say I was like yeah it's a bad thing yeah yeah because you can be fat and you can be thin or whatever but they were telling me that I was fat and it was a bad thing and yeah. so I grew up thinking well there's something wrong with my body and at eight years old I got put on my first diet and from then on it was just like diet well, after like, diet yeah the shame involves like did you internalize it as like I am bad um or just my little- body is bad um, a bit of both. 
a bit of both yeah yeah and you know I had a I've, I've grown up feeling guilt around food all my life which is why the sense of freedom I have now is insane because even as a very very young child I had guilt around food I've right. always had guilt around food and so having my children I'm just there's no way they're they're going to experience those things it's just I will not allow it and I can I can do as much as I can within my home I know that there's also going to be external influences that you know that I can't help but what I can do in my home and I'm going to do it and I'm going to set them up with like the right toolkit for them to be able to like manage these things when when they come across it outside of the home because I don't want my daughter or my son to ever grow up thinking that the 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 goal in life is to change your body yep exactly yeah yeah, 100% I know how much time is is wasted you know how how much of like the creativity of someone has or like you know is wasted because you're too busy you know working out how you're going to change your body and leaving all the other amazing qualities that you have and skills on the sideline right I don't, I don't, I don't even think my brain worked as well when I was eating such a restricted diet. I mean, it definitely didn't. I, my hormones were so off, you know, I didn't feel good. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that like, I mean, everyone knows that our organs need food and water to efficiently work. Right. Yet we're like depriving them of that and thinking that is all. It's actually very twisted. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. And how, how old are your kids? They're, they're young or? Yeah, they're very young. They're two and three. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know, you'd be, my daughter said something this week that literally broke my heart. And this is how young these messages are, you know, infiltrating Being our kids' said, minds. Yeah. She said um, to my husband, but he called her smart and she said, I don't want to be smart. I want to be pretty she's three and keep in mind not only did she say that which broke my heart but because of the work that I'm trying to do with them hearing that is just I wanted to cry and it's just proof of how much the outside influences can actually yeah. yeah because you really can't control everything they see and everything they do they go to school they might you know they might be called right things in the playground Anything. they might have that teachers might be making comments that you never know you know at lunchtime right. there's so many things that could be happening that you have no control over and you're not there to see and that they're internalizing right. and so the the best thing you can do really is to provide them with the right toolkit to be able to then navigate these things by themselves but obviously my kids are very very young right now to fully understand right so, exactly yeah so for some some of the things we do at home for example um for like to cater to that age is you know we don't there are there's no morality in the foods in our home you know there's no like you must finish your broccoli before you can have ice cream you know because broccoli (laughs) is the good one and the ice cream is the treat like that doesn't um we're not putting things on a pedestal um everything is very neutral food is food my daughter calls um eating energy so she knows yes. she has to eat to have energy because if she has no energy, she can't go to ballet. If she has no energy, she can't run around in the playground. So she equates eating enough food to fuel her body to have the energy to play. Right. Instead of instead of it. trying to, you know, say, well, this is unhealthy. So you shouldn't eat much of this. And this is healthy. Yep. I will say, well, this doesn't give you much energy. 
So I'd like you to eat oh. this so you have enough energy. And you can also have, you know, the cookie, but it's not going to give you all the energy you need. So you still need to eat your pasta with your cookie kind of thing. And that way she knows that that all food gives her energy. Some give her less. The, the more neutrally dense ones are the ones that give you more. Um, right. And then that way you're not moralizing food at all. It's just everything has energy. Some things yeah. have more energy than others, but everything is is there, is available for them to eat. And everything gives you energy. So everything is okay to eat. You know, the only right. things I that, love that. Yeah. The, the only things that, that you shouldn't tell kids to eat are really like if something's rotten <laughs> or <Right>. tired. <laughs> that, that's the only bad food that you should have. That, that you should, the right. only thing you should label bad in, in your kitchen is something that's rotten or expired right. really isn't it yeah right. well and kids like they know how much and what they eat I worked with one family who like if all their child wanted to eat was grapes for lunch he would just eat a bunch of grapes and then at snack he might have something different and like you know when he was like one two years old and we would just give him what he wanted and it was all like nutrient dense things you know he, but like at that time but he would eat it like it yeah. didn't, he just knew he knew like he's like okay I'm done with that like his body knew it our bodies are so smart and I think from such a young age we're like stamping that out even like you're saying you have to finish all of the, like your broccoli your whole plate well kids know when they're full too yeah well we we grew up in the finish your plate culture didn't we? exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's just like this regulated like our hunger cues like we don't know when yep, we're full exactly because we're we're born like instinctively knowing how much our body needs and what we need to eat. But then your yeah. parent is like, well, no, you're not full. You must finish this whole plate. So then you yeah. pass the fullness and then you and then you think that that is I mean, I have a huge problem with with eating past fullness. Right. I will eat pa- past fullness and I, and I will feel sick. But I was always told to finish my plate. You know, that's like yeah. I think our whole generation was told to finish your plate. And so yeah. that's another thing is like kids know when they're full and they'll stop eating. They do. And they'll also eat when they're hungry and they'll ask you for food when they're hungry, you know? Yep. I know. So. And then I'm like, please give them food because sometimes I'm like, oh, dinner's in two hours. And I'm like, they cannot wait two hours. And that's why they're going to freak out. Like, yeah, I'd always say that to families. Like, I didn't realize until post like started eating more and more. I was like, oh, I'm not super like swinging back and forth with my emotions I can be really steady if yeah. I have food you know yeah, the, the whole hangry thing we we use it as a joke but it's a real thing it is yeah, yeah. and then once you hangry. eat they do and it's because they're they're not stabilized and now I'm like from the beginning I was like every two hours I had to eat something like when I started transitioning I was like every two hours I gotta eat or like I would get nauseous and now I know it's a hunger cue yeah. So I, I get nauseous and I'm like, oh no, when, when did I last eat? Oh no, it was like four hours ago. Gotta go get something immediately, you know? Yeah. yeah so, so it's so interesting. So we're all, we're all born like that, aren't we? We're all born intuitive yeah. eaters. It's funny that we're all trying to learn to be intuitive eaters when we're actually all born intuitive eaters. <laughs> right, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then we've made up these rules for ourselves <laughs> and now we're, and now we're trying to go back to the beginning. It's exactly, Try, exactly. Tr- it is yeah. is odd how life works. Again, diet you, culture works very hard to mess us up. <laughs> you're so right, though. You're like, we were born intuitive eaters. Yes. And now that's what I'm trying to do. That is hilarious. I go yeah. in the kitchen. I'm like, body, what feels good today? And I'm like, this does. Like, we're going to eat this right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally, when I was a kid, I wouldn't have even thought about it. I would have just known. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, it's so interesting. 
so I mean that that side of things um that would be like how I would say how I, I call it like raising body neutral kids right so like the body side of it the way that I work around that is I mean the the obvious ones is I don't talk badly about my own body in front of them I definitely don't comment on the size of their bodies um the only time that like their bodies have to be commented on sometimes is when you know when something doesn't fit them anymore and I'm getting you know putting that away and I just say oh you're growing in fact today on the way to school because uh, my daughter got school uniform she's she doesn't have to wear school uniform but she wants to so I got her the school uniform she's in preschool um and she she was so excited but the uniforms for five-year-olds and she's three because I couldn't find three-year-old and she was like yeah this this is too big for me but it's okay because I'll grow into it so then I took that as an opportunity to start talking about how um and then she said to me mommy you'll also grow into your clothes and then um I took that as an opportunity to to talk about how of course of course we will like our bodies are always changing and so we got went and veered in that direction and I said yeah you will grow into it and and you know mommy's body's changing every day too um even if I'm not getting taller my body's changing in lots of different ways my, my hair gets gray and sometimes I get bigger sometimes I get smaller you and Lucas who's my son you will continue to grow for a long time because you're still children your bodies will always always be changing and change is a great thing because how boring would it be if we all looked the same and she was like <laughs> yeah yeah and so like taking like those opportunities to instead of saying like you know we need to get you new clothes because you're you're too big for this look how you know I don't know I don't right. want to say these words but like you know some people might say to their children like no you're getting too chubby we need a bigger size I don't know things like right. that you know trying to really talk make it a positive thing but also it's facts <laughs> like our bodies right. exactly. change yeah another one is it's so important for them to know that there are different types of bodies and I'm glad that you know things are changing because we never saw different types of bodies represented nope. but our children hopefully will um, even if things are still a little bit slow, our children hopefully will. And it makes such a yeah. difference. You know, one of the main things that really gets to me is there's like all of the Disney princesses, all of these TV shows, everyone is thin. There's like no body representation in the stuff that my kids watch. But there is yeah. nothing out there. It's like there actually is no, there's, I, I can't, I can't say like, oh, so we need to, you know, expose them to more body positive shows. They don't exist right now. Right. every Disney princess has a tiny waist every you know yeah there's no more than a tiny waist that's yeah yeah it's unrealistic yeah. you know like Barbie very unrealistic yeah, yeah exactly and so those things I feel like th that's where change needs to happen because right from that age yeah and I don't know I, I don't know if maybe there is a tv show that has more realistic body but I don't I don't know it and it might just be like right. one or two in the world because really there is nothing for them to to see other bodies represented and so that's one really important thing is to let them know that different bodies do exist and it's genetics right. and some people are right. bigger than others some people are shorter some people are taller some people have red hair some people you know all the right yeah, all the differences that we have so that we don't all grow up thinking or they don't all grow up thinking what we thought which is that we have to be like right. Victoria's Secret models otherwise it's not acceptable right. and that Victoria's Secret models are the only body type the that only body, yeah. that is desirable <laughs> yeah <laughs> well so have you noticed this like 
difference and maybe I know your son's younger but like with we have it's our two nephews you know and they're uh we got them when they were 11 and 15 but they want to be big right so that's their boys like they they want to be bigger they want to be stronger you know and then on the other side so like when I or I see parents talking about their younger kids even like oh isn't he so big isn't he huge you know he's like three years old he's in five he's in five t now but you know he's a three t and it's just like it's so interesting that difference between like what I see with boys and what I see with girls yeah and again this is comes back to like the the beauty standard that women should be petite and feminine and men should be big and strong and we I think we really like put to the side like men and boys body image we don't think it's as prevalent as and as important but it absolutely is and it's just not spoken about as much and maybe the people who suffer from it also don't admit it as much right but it's right. again it, it's it's the beauty standard that they have is that they must be big and muscly and strong because like when I think back to high school my friends who were really thin they the the males that were thin they always had they always felt like they had to like grow muscle right yeah and we normalize that but actually it's the same kind of concept that we're trying to change our bodies as females to be thin and petite it's exactly, the same, yeah. it's bad body image problems that they're having. They're having yep. negative body image problems. And so, but we, again, we look, you know, we oversee it because they're boys. We don't pay as much attention to it, but also because again, the whole, oh, but muscly people are the healthiest. Exactly. That's, that's true. Yep. Yeah. But actually a lot of these men that, you know, do bodybuilding have, well, they, they have eating disorders. They have to restrict to such an extent to get to the body fat percentage that they all strive to be and yep. it's th- it's through disordered eating and when you have disordered eating for long enough eventually you'll probably develop a full-blown eating disorder and yep. and again it's just something that's not talked about men and eating disorders it's like not. if you think of an eating disorder you automatically even I do it I automatically talk about my daughter when I when I talk about the kids and and body image I almost have to remember no I need to I need to think like talk about my son as well I need to include him because it's going to affect them just as much as it's going to affect my daughter right I've been talking to my husband a lot about it too because again I don't think that he as as fully realized you know what I mean or like he'll make comments about his body and I'm like well why do you think that you know like because you know I feel like the beauty industry for women is a lot bigger for men but maybe it's just because I don't see it the men's you know beauty industry but women you'll have the makeup and all the hair stuff and so I'm like, I think it is worse for women. But then I'm like, I don't living with three guys and seeing their stuff. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but it's not, it doesn't need to be. It's not a competition anyways. It's like, yeah. it's just bad period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all it, again. Yeah. It, I, I do agree. I think it's way worse for women. Um, but, yeah. but it, it's definitely there for men too. And like you said, having your husband on board is so important. And this is one of, like when I was stuck in diet culture, my husband was stuck with me. You know, we were both like egging each other on for these like unhealthy habits right. we had. Um, unhealthy as in like the, the disordered eating and the over-exercising and the berating of our bodies. And I pulled out of it and he didn't. And he would do things that would trigger me to the point where, you know, I would get really, really upset. I would cry. I would like, 
I was trying so hard. I, the way I explained it to him was it's really hard for me because it's it's a little bit like if you're an alcoholic and you're trying to quit drinking and I'm sat there with a drink in front of you because he would get out the scales and weigh his food and it would just send me into overdrive. Oh. And he has learned him and my mother along the way has learned with me and he, he is it's he's done a 180 he's really on board with the way that That's we're raising amazing. our children he's really um on board with like the new values and like practices that I have and he's really on board and he's and he agrees that that diet culture is toxic and it's really hard to come out of that culture if you don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with it. And he didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And it took him a while. But having having everyone in your house on board is so important because if not, again, mixed messages too, aren't you? You're just receiving as a child, right. you're just receiving these mixed messages. But also, you know, you could be triggering each other. Yep. So yeah, have, having everyone on board is key as well. Right. And I, well, I think too, as a parent, it's like, I you know, you want your kids to eat quote unquote in healthy, right? Like that was just like the thought, you know, and like what, what I thought was healthy was like, not even, I can't even explain anyways, but like you're saying now, just, I, I love like nutrient dense and not as nutrient dense. And someone's, someone's visiting me and I said, what kind of foods do you like? I know that you have some um, allergies and they were like, oh, I like healthy food. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to need you to define that for me. I, I don't like to label things as healthy. I say nutrient dense or less nutrient dense because I saw that you had said that. That's awesome. That that's awesome that you said that to them. Because again, I think like in, so in my uh, diet culture, um, oh, you can't see it, book, (laughs) journal. I also talk about like when people around you are using diet culture terms and they're stuck deep in diet culture, people that you're close to, people that you love, like the ways that that you can respond to them. And that is amazing to say that, to be like, actually, like that word for me is a little bit triggering and I don't use that word. Um, And, you know, and then maybe they'll go home and they'll rethink as well about the things that they're saying. Yeah. So I think calling people out respectfully is, yeah, is great. Yeah, because it didn't feel like I was calling her out. I was just like, hey, I don't use that word. I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. I was like, literally like, curious. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Like, using curiosity to kind of. Yeah. And then yeah, hopefully I they'll want... go home and be curious about what, what you what you are curious about too. <laughs> right. You know, and the curiosity <laughs> will spread. <laughs> exactly. Because that using those words healthy and unhealthy, I think, first of all, everybody needs something different. So like what's healthy for me might not be healthy for you, you know? For and an so example. I, you know, and, uh, for an example, I, I have all sorts of colitis. So um, nuts are like the death of me. They they yeah. rip the lining of my intestines. So they're I would say they're unhealthy for me. I shouldn't eat them because they're damaging my body. But yep. in in the wellness world, nuts are uh, you know the epitome of of health. Yeah. So it, yeah. you're right. Like health, it's subjective. It is interesting, and I think it's just learning to pay attention to what your body is wanting and needing. And like, I didn't drink orange juice for over a decade because that's when I kind of started when I had a um, diagnosis and they were like, oh, you can't eat these things. And so I just cut some of them out. And now like when I transitioned, I was drinking like so much orange juice every single day. And I was like, I can't stop. This is the best thing I've ever had in my life because I had restricted for 10 years, you know? Yeah. You know, restriction (laughs) leads to binging, doesn't it? The more you restrict, the more you're going to binge. That is just right. like now I drink a couple glasses a day and it's good, you know. Yeah. But it is funny, like, yeah, I was like, 
he did it felt like I was so free like I can drink as much orange juice as I want and yeah. it was amazing like it's such a weird like but I think about it the doctor told me I couldn't have it and then like every time after that I was told I shouldn't have something I just stopped having it you know and so yeah. it is really interesting again the food rules that exist and that we make up and that people ah! tell us and yeah there's just so many rules that there are that are made up they're all made up rules at the end of the day well I feel like I could ask you and chat with you like for hours and hours longer but um I know we're gonna kind of wrap up here I would love for you to talk a little bit more about your journal the diet, oh, culture, sure. diet culture dropout journal yeah <laughs> sure. so yeah so basically I wanted to create something that like um that that I kind of could have used when I decided that I wanted to drop out of diet culture and so kind of went through the direction of um like at first I thought you know a guide which is how my parenting without culture guide came along but then I thought I wanted something more in depth and I've always had diaries and I've always loved like writing like you know what happened in my day or like answering questions and diaries and they're like what's your favorite color you know as when I was young that was like I used to love Same. that <laughs> I still have them me too <laughs> I actually I actually looked at them to get inspiration on like the layout and stuff oh, yeah, I love that. yeah oh. so it was really fun reading back to like 10 year old me saying things <laughs> um so yeah so then I decided to create this journal and it's basically it's turned into a little bit of a 12-week guide um to drop out of diet culture but disclaimer, there is, it's not, you, it doesn't mean in 12 weeks you're going to be healed. <laughs> yeah. The beginning. It's a lifelong. It's a, yeah. It's a, to give you that, you know, first step towards it. Um, and um, yeah, just go through um, like weekly check-ins and every week there's a different um, topic. So there's body image, there's food freedom, healing your inner child, blah, 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 blah. And um, yeah, I'm just hoping that this is something that will help people. I don't think there's anything like it in the market. And it, basically it's all the tools that I use to help me drop out of diet culture kind of put into a little 12 week guide. So um, I'm hoping it'll help people. And, and it will. That, that <laughs> we hopefully uh, as, as like collectively we'll all start to move into the direction of, you know, starting to appreciate and love our bodies more and learn how yes. to, how to not, hate ourselves because right. just us... fully love all of ourselves which includes our body <laughs> yeah we only have one life and we're all you know yeah. wasting it on on things that mean nothing that yeah. at the end of the day no one's gonna write on your tombstone she had a great figure like that's not <laughs> not what life is about <laughs> and right. so you know I've, I've personally I've already wasted 33 years of my life just worrying about what my body looks like and not living in the moment because of it and I'd be damned if I'm going to waste the next 33 years doing the same and I right. hope I hope I can be the help to shift other people's yes minds about well, that too what's possible for one is possible for all so I love that you're just showing people that and um, when I see things I want I think oh that's possible for me or like that's right around the corner for me or you know so I love the journal where can people get that journal I'll, I'll link it in the show notes as well okay so it will be live on Monday, the 18th of July on my website. My website is www.lifeisrosystory.com. Um, I'm thinking about putting it on Etsy. I haven't fully decided yet, but it'll definitely be on my website. Um, and I've also got a guide, which is free. So um, on my Instagram bio, there's a link and you can download a free parenting with that diet culture guide. As soon as you just click on the link, write your email and it gets sent straight to your inbox. 
And yeah, I'm really excited to share my journey and my knowledge and hopefully get people on board to bash diet culture and eradicate yes. it. <laughs> get it gone. Um, well, I... <laughs> I'm hoping we have time for this. Um, just to wrap up, do you have any messages for someone struggling to love their body right now? Yeah, I have so many messages, but <laughs> get on her Instagram, people. <laughs> She's got a lot of good stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, know, you just have to know that you are so much more than your body. That's that at the end of the day, we all had what's I know this is so cheesy and overused, but it's what's on the inside that counts we are so much more than our bodies and and to spend our time just worrying about our bodies that it's just a huge waste of energy and time and resources and we all know like that all we want to do is have a peaceful happy calm life and it all starts on the inside and if you work on the inside you're if you work on the inside eventually it will pour onto the outside and so you can look in the mirror today and not be happy. But if you really do the internal work, eventually, when you look in the mirror, the internal and the external will be pleasing for you. And that's the most important yeah. thing. As we said earlier, body image, it all starts in the brain. It really has yeah. nothing to do with your body. You're so right. I love. Thank you so much for saying that, too. I think uh, for me, yeah, I didn't start loving my body until I did all of the internal work, stopped looking outside of myself and just went in. So exactly. I love that. So true. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been really fun talking to you. Yes, I know. I'm like, "Ah, now I have like a whole other leg of questions. But yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I so, so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. If you loved this episode, I would love to know. You can connect with me further on Instagram at A Nourishing Place or by heading to my website, www.anourishingplace.com. Sending you all so much love and wishing you an incredible day. You got this.